My name's uh, Aaron Santor, and I am the pastor in Tekoa. Yeah, so if you grab some extras, Louis. If you would, just anybody who comes in, just make sure they they have one. Oh, yeah. I'm the I'm the pastor in Tacoa, Georgia, and uh, before I was pastoring, I I was an elder. I led worship, led a home group, and uh, would fill in for Brian McRae, who we came up under before. And it wasn't until after I started pastoring, we look back and I realized I was actually an associate pastor, but I was still juggling all that with a with a full time job and. Um, and now, now I'm bivocational, so I, I work a full-time job, and uh, it's funny, I pastor, but um, no, you never hear about part-time pastors, do you? Even if you're, you're bivocational, because you carry that burden with you throughout the week, you, can't, you don't just punch out and it's, it's gone. Uh, we have five kids, and, uh, and yeah, we lead a church, and so I'm sharing all that to say that I get it, I get trying to keep all the plates spinning, I, I get the juggling. We've walked through that. These aren't just simply principles that we read somewhere and we're going to pass them on to you. This is just how we've figured out how to live life in the, in the healthiest way possible and, and fulfill the call of God on our lives. First to our... Come on in. And, uh, thank you. Yeah. So we've had to walk a lot of this out just in fulfilling the call of God, obviously first to our families, also to things like work and to and to the call God has on us to, to do ministry. And um, on your sheets there, you'll see the very front, this, this diagram, these, these circles within circles overlapping. When I first was thinking of an image in my mind that would kind of express what we wanted to convey here, I thought of like a four square box. Then I realized that doesn't work at all because so many areas of our lives actually overlap, overlap and intersect. And I also realized I'm like it's really not even perfect in that because you don't give the same amount of time to every area of your life. And so, and at each of these areas, they're they're fully holy and blessed by God. But each of these areas will totally devour another area if we don't if we don't if we don't watch out. Um, we all know work, right? Work, we, we, get, we, get, we love our jobs, and that's an awesome thing to do. It's great to make money. It's, it's great to, to, to provide for our families and be able to be generous. But we all know that there's a temptation with that, where that consumes us, where we, that, that's the only thing that fills our lives and devours. What family devours ministry sometimes. We all know there's great people that are in our bodies that, um, that have so much potential, but work pulls them, pulls them away from that. Um, ministry as well, right? Ministry devours family, which is part of the reason why we're we're doing this right now. Uh, it can it can get to the place where it it pulls away from our family. It pulls away sometimes even from our personal care. Not too long ago, I had a season with the Lord where He just had to correct some things in my life because I realized, you know what? The only time I get into the Word is to prepare for a message, right? That's that's a bad situation. So I had to ministry was devouring that place of personal care in my life. My own, my own walk with Him was being hindered because of, because of ministry. Sometimes personal care, those, those things, right? That can actually devour us. Uh, many of us have heard of situations, hard, um, 
maybe marriages that are struggling, right? Because one spouse has a hobby, right? That just takes over, and they, the other spouse feels like they're fighting or vying for attention with this, with this hobby. Um, and even family, family can devour our lives. I, I saw an article not too long ago, and there's nothing really noteworthy that was that was written in it, but the title caught my attention. It says, are you a worshiping family or are you just worshiping family? Um, because, right, it, it's, sometimes we get that. Would you be willing to serve in this? Oh, the family. Right? We want to we guard and protect the family, which is awesome and right. And like we said, all of these areas are holy. But, oh my goodness, God forbid if our children learn to sacrifice, <laughs> learn, to, learn to serve or give of themselves for the betterment of someone else. And so obviously there's a tension there and it's, it's not one way or the other, but these are the things that, it's not really, I hate the word balance, because it's not about balance, it's about guarding and protecting the things that God has, has entrusted to us. And so, um, let me just disappoint you up front, that you're going to leave here today with more questions than answers. Um, there is no one-size-fits-all scheduling app Right, that's going to fix everything. Where you're going to be able to give 60 hours to your work, you're going to be able to give all the time to the church that you want. You're going to be the perfect spouse and perfect parent, and also have time for all the Zumba classes that you that you want. Right? It's 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 about guarding these things, and um, you know, and to do so in such a way um, that we what we're going to do here today is first of all, we're going to take time to identify the priorities that God has given to us. And then we're going to begin to, to ask those questions to, to begin having conversations with those around us, uh, with the Holy Spirit, with, with family, with our team, team members, to, to discover which things are actually causing us not to give the appropriate amount of, of attention to those priorities. And then the real work comes in when we begin scheduling. We're going to you know, come up, begin to develop an action plan towards guarding against those things. So the first thing you'll see on your sheet there, we talk about time is a limited resource, uh, which, which we all know, but it's, it's good to see that and hear that and remind ourselves of that again. Uh, we can all make more money. We can all take better care of ourselves and have more energy or more strength or uh, whatever we need. But time, no matter where we're at in life, whether we're a newborn baby or a, a pastor or a CEO, we all only have 24 hours a day. That's it. Which means that it's not a matter of having more time. It's a matter of making better choices with the time that we have. The only difference between any of us in here isn't how much time we have in a day, but how many days we actually have. And when you start realizing that, that that puts some uh, unction in us to recognize we have to make the best choices with our time today because none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And um, Psalm, uh, Psalm 90 Verse 12 there reads this. This is a prayer of Moses. He writes, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And uh, i got a little math problem there for you. 32,850 days is the same as 4,680 weeks, which is the same as 1,080 months, which equals 90 years. I, I like the number 90 because I'm not quite at halfway there yet. All right? So I'm still, I'm still operating above 50%. But, but if you live to 90, 
That is the number of your days. And so again, making the most of your time now because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Here's another one. 24 hours a day times 7. That's 168 hours in a week. Anybody here get consistently, on average, 8 hours of sleep a night? One, one person. One, two. Two people will say, I consistently get 8 hours of sleep a night. That's, that's Okay, so out of that 168, minus 56, if you actually could attain that. Right? Minus 50 hours for your work. Anybody work more than 50 hours a week? Okay. Let's say it took three hours every day to eat. An hour for breakfast, an hour for lunch, an hour for dinner. If you subtract all that out of that 168, you have 41 hours left. That's nearly 25% of your time every week. And the question is, what are we doing with that? Where, where is that being eaten by? What is that, I mean, devoured by? What is that, what's, what are we giving that to? And um, it's, it's, that's, I think that's where we find this is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. And we have limited number of days. What are we, what are we doing? That's almost a full week's worth of work every week that we have to make choose with. And this isn't, this isn't condemning us. It's just wisdom. Scripture says to observe this and be mindful of it. Ephesians chapter 5, there at the bottom of the sheet, it reads this. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and rise from the dead. When we have clarifying vision and focus, and a narrow focus for our lives, it sharpens us. We're, we're awake, and we're alert, and we're, we're alive, and we're vibrant. Uh, I, when we were first married, uh, before we had kids... Saturday morning, we had no responsibilities on our lives, right? Saturday mornings, we'd roll out of bed after sleeping into whenever we felt like it. We'd, we'd grab some breakfast and we'd start off a conversation like this. What do you want to do today? I don't know. What do you want to do? Do you want to do this? Nah. How about this? I don't really feel like it. Sometime after lunchtime, We'd say, let's do this. And then we'd realize we wouldn't have time to do it. And then there'd be some friction now because we just wasted half our day trying to decide what we wanted to do. Versus something like Thanksgiving morning. right? You've got a limited, time, limited amount of time and you've got things you need to get done. Well, you're up early, turkey's in the oven, you're making preparations, plate tables are being set. You're awake, you're alert, you're moving. This, this being mindful of the number of our days of the time that we actually have, it awakens us. It makes us sharp. We move with clarity of purpose on our lives. And nothing is wasted. There's not a moment where people are just standing around going, I don't know what you want to do, right? We've got something to do. We've got a place to go. It says, Awake sleeper and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. There's, there's blessing in this for us. Well, if you tithe, anybody here say, you know, I've experienced God blessing my life because I ordered my finances rightly. Would we all testify? That's right? It's the same with the resources of our time. Not that we suddenly get more, but God makes us much more productive. He's much more. He rewards those who are faithful with what He's given to them. Therefore, 
Be careful how you walk. Be mindful of what you give yourself to, your time, your finances, your energy, your strength. Be mindful of this. Be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Our awakening, blessing, and wisdom all center around knowing what the will of the Lord is and ordering our lives around His will for us. So, on the, on the reverse page, we have just five... Uh, I guess four questions, and then at the very bottom, it's a, it's just a task for us. But the first step in this is ordering our lives right, making the most of the time, is to get with the Holy Spirit and ask Him, what are your priorities for my life? What's, what, are, what have you called me to do? What are your priorities for my life? And, and this, is, this is the most amazing thing, because everything gets ordered from here. It's just like with, with tithing, right? The first, of our, the first of our income goes to the Lord. The first thing we do is we say, Lord, I'm giving to you first of my time. So what have you called me to do? And that's the first things first, right? And then everything else gets ordered from that. And so choices become so much simpler when, when we understand that, when we have clarity with that. Because now, now you understand with everything that comes your way, you understand, does this support or does it take away from God's priorities on my life? And it becomes real clear that this is actually deterring me. This is actually a distraction on my life. This is actually weakening me. For the things that God's called me to do, I don't have the strength or the energy to give myself fully to those because of these other issues, even if they're good. They don't even have to be sinful things, just things that are other than His priorities for your life. Jesus, everybody... Uh, his disciples around him knew that he was always getting up early to pray. In the morning and in the evening, he was allowing the Father to set the agenda for his day. And so when he was trying to leave a town and people were pleading with him to stay, he said, no, I've got other places to go. When, when, the, when the man with the legion of demons said, let me come with you, he said, no, you need to stay here. Because he was very clear about the Father setting the agenda for his life. And this empowers us. Some of, anybody here have a hard time saying No. All right, because we want to serve. We love people. Right? We want to, we want to see them thrive, and so it's 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 so it's so difficult for us to say no. But when we're clear about what God what God what God has called us to do, then we understand that this is this is I've got to stay on task with this. And when we say no, and this is key for us as leaders, us saying no allows the body around us to step into place. If we're running around trying to cover everything then there's no need for the body. They can just sit there and be entertained. But when we are on point with what God has prioritized over our lives, there's room for the body to step up and room for everyone to be a part of ministry. It's not just the select few at the front. And Scripture says, No eye has seen nor ear heard what God has prepared for those who love Him, but He has revealed it to us by His Holy Spirit. He's willing to show us because He wants us to make the most of our time. So what is He calling you to do? What are His priorities for your life? Uh, as I was preparing this, I thought about, you know, it's, it's interesting going back and reviewing prophetic words that have been given over my life and, and seeing where I'm at now and knowing the things that God has called me to do. Years ago, I, I got a word saying, you're going to be the father of many sons. I had no idea what that meant. But here I am in the opportunity of a pastoring. You know what opportunities come our way? Our ministries into the foster care system 
and, and, and caring for the orphans, right? Okay, God, what have you been saying? What are you pointing to? And where are the areas I need to give my time and energy to? In our, in our ministry, this is so helpful for me, especially as a pastor. I don't know where everybody's position, position is at in the church. But knowing what are the three things that I need to be doing as pastor and everything else falls under that. Right? Not in this order, but the Word of God and prayer. One and two, two and one. Right? And the third is developing leaders. I need to be doing those three things. If I'm not doing those three things, then I'm missing out on God's priorities for my role as a pastor. And then everything else that, that happens, needs to happen in the church, I either have time for that or I don't, and we need to find somebody else to come in and, and operate with that because those are the three things that I have to be doing. But once I've identified that, then I'm free to say, I can't take that on, I can't take that on, I can't take that on. And I'm guarding the priorities that God has given to me. And I don't, and, and that frees us up from feeling like we're obligated to other people or other situations that might take us off track from that. What's your, what's your, God, what are your priorities for my family? Right now I've got, we've got five kids, ages 18 down to 12, and my two youngest are boys, 12 and 13. They're going to need dad in a different way than they ever have before in their life. What are his priorities for my family? I've got to be mindful of this. This is wisdom. They're not going to be in my home forever. I have to make the most of the time right now. We tell our kids all the time, you're not going to be here forever. My relationship with my wife is of utmost importance. So guess what, kids? You take second place. Right? That's, that's a healthy conversation to have with your kids. But it's, these are God's priorities over my family. And I need to be mindful of them and mindful of the time. Uh, some, some of us, I uh, have a brother-in-law, he teaches in the high school. He's really gifted, he's so gifted with, with youth. But he teaches in the high school. And, it, and it's almost the difference, you know, you ask him if he's in ministry or not, but his vocation is his ministry. Right? God has a plan and a purpose, and he's got an agenda and priorities that he wants to work through him in the high school. What are those? Being mindful of those, being wise for the time God has given to, to him there. And in any area, finances, your physical health, your spiritual walk, all of these things. God, what do you want to do? And I want to make those a priorities and schedule everything else around that. Number two, ask your spouse, what's the one thing you would change about my schedule? Just take on one. Don't try and, don't try and settle everything at once here. Just keep it simple. Just one. And don't make your spouse the, the enemy. Don't make them the monster. Well, they always do. No. Just, here's one thing that I'd like. Um, and don't wait for statements like, I, I feel like a single parent. <laughs> That's too late. Right? Be proactive. Hear their heart. Give them a voice in this. Because, uh, you know, men, your wives will speak wisdom to you. They are a gift from God. Listen to them. Um, I just put a a few things there that we found personally in our walk uh, that have served us as far as our marriage and making sure that ministry or any other area didn't overtake that. that. But first is, and you'll hear this from everybody, everybody, but regularly scheduling date nights together, time to to get out. Sometimes it's just a trip to Walmart together. Sometimes it's a dinner out. But it's being consistent about making that time, making that time. We heard this one from my grandparents. Um, they said, we always saved the last hour of the day for ourselves. They said, sometimes we, we watch TV, sometimes we read, sometimes we talk, sometimes we just went to bed. But it was ours. 
ours to do with. And they said, even when the kids got older, they said, we would send them to your room. My daughter's 18. She doesn't have a bedtime, but she has a go-to-your-room time. Right? You're, you're done here. This is mom and dad's time. And they again, that's reinforcing to them, this is priority. You're not going to be here forever, right? So this is, we have to guard this, but it was it was our time. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. You can you can do this. It's not they will not die, I promise you. And then the third thing is this actually came from uh uh, Jen's uh, aunt and uncle, who are not believers, but uh, I think they've only one of maybe two couples in, in their family that have stayed together. Um, but they said, we, we, we got away one night a year, whether we could afford it or not. And, um, and one year we thought, oh, money's tight, we shouldn't do it. Oh my goodness, we missed that. You wouldn't think just one night out of 365 would make that big of a difference, but it does. It does so much. And Go pitch a tent somewhere. Just get out. I mean, it doesn't have to be this huge, exotic vacation getaway. Just get out. And it will, it will serve you, and it will keep these other areas and these other things from devouring your marriage. Ask your kids, what's, what's one thing you would change about my schedule? Just one thing. Right? And again, we're, we're being pro- proactive to hear their heart, to give them a voice, and you have to make the time to do this. You can't wait. Don't wait for them to say, Dad, I'm really upset. Right? Don't wait. Pursue them. Seek them out and say, what is one thing where maybe you're feeling ripped off or you're not happy about? What if they say it's the last hour of the day? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Again, it's back to teaching time again. This is what we're going to... Junior, this is how it is. <laughs> so, it, I mean, again, it doesn't mean that you, that you... We're not catering to them, but we're giving them an opportunity to keep that conversation, and I think that's the thing. You know, I don't know if it's so much that ministry wrecked, or my kids hate uh, the ministry because it took so much from me. I think it's more so I didn't guard them. I didn't guard keeping ministry, uh, protecting them from... You know, you don't understand what I'm saying. Allowing, I didn't... I, I, Neglected to prevent ministry from devouring my relationship with them, and uh, and that's and that's the key. As long as we're talking, that's that's the big thing here is, is hearing their heart and, and engaging with them. And so again, here's here's just a few things that we found that worked with us. Scheduled dates again. Uh, there's five of them and two of us. So the idea of everybody getting a date with dad every month isn't really feasible, right? And everybody getting a date with mom, but. Throughout the year, both of them get two dates. All of them get two dates with me and two dates with, with mom. And that's, those are just certain times where they know we're going to get ice cream, and and dad's going to ask a bunch of questions. You, what was it again? What is the ratio per year? Oh, uh, it ends up with with our five. Um, I have five tubes. I'm very okay. curious. <laughs> so so we just they get two dates with me and two dates with him a year over the course of the year. Like Each kid. Yes. Each kid. So it's like every every other month. They'll get a date. One will be with me, then the other, the next every other month, it will be with their dad. It's not. It's not a lot, but it means a lot to them. It does mean a lot to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They actually save up little notes of what they want. <laughs> <laughs> and it's different. Sometimes, sometimes it's an event. Sometimes you're taking them out to do something. And again, sometimes you're like, I gotta go pick up something from Home Depot. Come with me. We'll get ice cream on the way. But we're intentional with those times. We're asking questions. How are you doing? What's going on with your friends? You know, how am I doing as a dad? I mean, giving that opportunity for that space, right? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what's the amazing thing is just doing that, you'll be surprised at their response and, and really their resiliency in, in a lot of things. 
uh, vacation, time away. Once a year, we get away as a family, and we don't allow, by, by and large, we don't allow other people to come along with us. We don't do these joint family trips. Uh, we, uh, we do outside of this, but this is our time as a family. And they know that that's guarded and that's, that's ours, and we go, we, we do whatever we want to do. We're not trying to consider everybody else and do this. It's, it's our time. Uh, the third thing is look for ways to combine things. My, my son loves running. I need to exercise. And so we go running together. Um, he dusts me. We don't have these deep, heartfelt conversations where usually I'm out of breath. Uh, but what he's going to remember is Dad said, hey, buddy, let's go running together. Right? And so it's, it's bringing these two things together so I can take care of personal care and I can connect with my son at the same time. Um, so just recently, there's a, an elder, older woman in our bodies having all sorts of health issues. Her yard needs to be cleaned up. So the church, church took that on. Right? And so I said, hey, guys, talk to my two sons. Let's go. Let's go help her. And, and the thing is, is that they understand it because it wasn't dad's a pastor, so he has to go do this. It was, this is how we operate as a body. This is dad just being a part of this family, that this is what we do. We go and we serve and we take care of those in need. At the same time, so they're not seeing this as dad's being, has to do this because he's a pastor. He's saying, this is what we do when we're part of a church body, is we serve one another and we take care of things. Not only that, boys need to work and they get to learn work ethic and we connect relationally while that's happening, while we're ministering, while we're serving. And so sometimes we misunderstand. This is why I don't like the idea of balance because we try and make sure everything's fair and everything's equal when actually life isn't like that at all, is it? It's, it's, this, is, this is our culture. This is how we live. This is what we do and we're training. And um, you know, one of the cool things that happened, I, as I was preparing for this, I went around and I asked each one of my kids, I said, honest with me, how, how are we doing? Do you, feel, do you feel ripped off by the church? Do you feel like we give too much time over here? My oldest daughter said, you know what, Daddy? She said, if you weren't a pastor, we'd be doing all the same things anyway. And that's and that is and that is that's that's so amazing right there because um, and I think that is what has really kept them is the fact that it wasn't it's not the church is pulling away from their taking their parents away it's this is our family culture this is how we act not because we're pastors but because we're santors this is our identity is that we serve and we take care of take care of those in need and and I'll say this if they feel secure they're willing to sacrifice. They know the difference between somebody who's, a, who's a, a sponge and just wants to suck the life out of you and people who are genuinely in need. And their heart moves with that too. And they say, you know, my wife had to, had to, to spend a couple days with, with Jess Hanwork, a woman who's suffering with breast cancer right now. Um, and so she had to leave for two days. And before, on her way out the door, she's rushing around trying to get things together. She says, kids, I'm so sorry. And they're like, Mom, it's Miss Jess. She needs you. Go. And like they totally released her without any resentment, just saying, This is people people need you and they care for them too. But they they if they feel secure, that's so much more freeing. Um, than that. And learning to minister, not keeping a line not keeping a uh, a ledger of how much time you spend over here, how much time we spend over here, but learning to minister as a family mm-hmm. is so much bigger than doing ministry or doing family. Right? And that teaches them. You get so much more. It becomes exponential. Um, uh, i got to fly here, don't I? All right. Um, ask your team. 
Right? Let, let's just start out creating just this place of just brutal honesty with them. What, do you, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What are the things I need to get my hands off of? Right? I am not an administrator at all. It is the worst idea to make me administrate anything. It will crash so hard and so fast. I need to keep my hands off that. But I need a team around me to say, Aaron, you need to stop doing that. Let us take that on for you. Right? How can you delegate? Right? Make this a group project. Let's, let's, let's brainstorm together. What are the things that, Aaron, you need to give away or, or things that we can, we can raise other people up to do? What do you need to say no to? And, and finally, schedule it. Put it into action. Map it out. Again, right? So now, now that we've had all these conversations, now that we've identified these things and the things that need to change and the priorities that God has given to us and our strengths and our weaknesses and we've brought other people into the equation, our team or our families or our spouses around us, here are the things. We schedule the priorities first and then you really know what you've got left over to give and you can make the most of, of that time as well. And some people don't like schedules. They say, I feel so restrictive in the schedules. But it's restrictive to serve the vision. Restrictive to serve the call of God on your life. It's guarding. It's protecting. Uh, I I always use the analogy of of a water hose, right? If you just hold a water hose out, and uh, the water will just sort of go like this and just splatter all over the ground. If you're trying to wash something off, maybe you just sort of fling the hose like this, and water goes everywhere, and maybe you hit it, maybe you get it cleaned off, or maybe you don't. But just by putting your thumb over the end of that hose, just a little bit of restriction, the water goes further with greater precision and with greater power as well. And so just by, just by like I said, identifying these priorities, hearing from the Lord what He's called you to do, the things that He wants to address, and then beginning to work through these issues with your spouses, with your families, with the team around you, prioritizing your schedule around that, it, it, it allows us to go further with greater precision on our life, greater focus, and greater impact as well. Right? Proverbs 29.18 reads, Without vision, people throw off restraints. So the scheduling, it's serving the vision of our lives. Um, develop routines. Listen, every morning, I do the exact same thing. I wake up, I have my personal time of prayer with the Lord. I have our family time with prayer, of prayer with the Lord. Then I work out, and then I get breakfast, then I go to my job. It's just set like that. So I don't have to go around finding the time to do all this. It's just set in the routine. Friday mornings, I'm at the church. I don't schedule any meetings. I'm there doing sermon work, sermon prep. That's the time, and nothing else gets scheduled for that. That's the routine. That's the rhythm. It's incredibly boring. There's nothing, there's nothing flashy about it. But we go further with greater precision and greater impact. Right? And then just having a regular audit. Uh, that's why even things like getting away once one night a year, part of the time is just simply, how am I doing? What do I need to change? Right? It's just having these regular scheduled times where we're coming back to our kids, we're coming back to our team, we're coming back to our spouses, we're coming back to the Lord as well and saying, what you know, in this new season of my life, what's changed? What are the things you want to you want to highlight? Um, because we're all that's the other thing why why uh, one size uh, fits all format doesn't work, right? Because we're all in different seasons constantly. What my kids needed from me when they were toddlers is completely different than what they need from me now as teenagers. 